the game was where that's where I fell in love is like the game of like trying to build something of value that somebody would pay you for. Right. And like, sometimes you made something that you thought was awesome and nobody else cared. And so it didn't work. And so then you had to figure out, okay, well, what do people really care about? And like trying to make their life easy while I was there at that company, that's actually where I met my partners for TaxBot. They were actually, one of them was my mentor, uh, Tom Murphy. He, he was kind of the brains behind the Tom uh, Hopkins sales training organization back in the day, um, which was, you know, some of our listeners may remember that, some may not, but back in the day, that was like the largest sales training organization in the country. And my partner was kind of some of the brains behind that, like running the operations and stuff. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. everyone, welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast. In today's episode, I have some top secret news to share with you guys. And I've been wanting to share this with y'all for about a year now. So it's really, it's really cool to see this thing uh, come to fruition. And, and just before I, I share with you the news that's going to radically change our business, I want to thank everyone that has gone to betterwealthpodcast.com, filled out the survey, has reached out to me. I've had other people, you know who you are, have reached out to our company and me and just encouraged me. I've had some people that are like, Caleb, your focus and what you've shared about saying no to good things so that you can say yes to great things applied to this part of my life. And I just really appreciate that about you guys. So thank you for being active. Thank you for sharing the podcast. And so here is the news. So when I talk about saying yes to great things and saying no to all the many good things that were distractions, one of the things that we had to get focused on as a company is um, partnering with people that not only can give us more credibility, but are, are with and serving our ideal customers. And one of the, this is what I would say, if someone said, Caleb, who can you most help? It's someone that seeks control. Someone that above all else sees the importance of controlling their money. And yes, we can show them how it can grow the rest of their life. And yes, seeks control and that can save more than $10,000 a year. Like if that's you, you really need to be working with us. We can serve a lot of other people, but those are the people that are like our sweet spot. People that seek control that can save more than $10,000 a year. And we can show them literally the best place to save and use your money. And it's amazing. So here's the deal. I'm speaking on a stage in San Diego beginning of this year. I'm sharing about our business and the CEO of TaxBot, which TaxBot is an it was is, is an app company that serves the entrepreneur, has an app that tracks your mileage, you can take pictures of receipts, but they're more um, that I would say their bigger purpose is to help you save money on tax and to help you with the education. And it's just incredible. Like they are they are an incredible company as it relates to an entrepreneur helping you legally pay less in taxes. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you need to be working with them. You need their app, you need their education. It's just, there's a dream company to, to work with if you're an entrepreneur. CEO hears me speak, knows about this, this strategy and gets my book. Dan and I fly out to Salt Lake uh, beginning of this year. And we start the, uh, a conversation, uh, many conversations and, and talk about number one, are we aligned? And you'll see in this interview, we're 100% aligned as it relates to helping the entrepreneur. And and Jake would go as far as to say that retirement accounts are the worst place to put your money if you're an entrepreneur. By the way, I agree. And so he talks a little bit about that. 
in our interview, he talks about, you know, TaxBot, how it started, his background, his belief in us, why he loves the strategy. It's a really a fantastic interview. But here's the, here's the like important news is we've come to an agreement. TaxBot is not only endorsing us. They're not just endorsing us as a company, but they are going to be partnering with us as it relates to sharing with their audience, the people that have their app, people that are in their um, tax groups, the power of the strategy with the and asset, why we overfund whole life insurance, why it's the best place to save and use your money throughout your life. And they are, we are literally integrating our business with theirs from the back end. We're not, TaxBot is not going to own part of Better Wealth and Better Wealth is not going to own part of TaxBot, but together we're, we're, we're going to be aligned. And, and this is what I have to say is uh, when I first started in the business, my goal was to try to convince people to that this would change their life. And and by the way, I'm that's why I'm on this podcast. That's why I wrote, wrote a book. That's why I speak. Like I want everyone to take advantage of this. But this is like really cool because now I'm I'm we we spent a lot of time and trust me, there's been a lot of work that's gone gone into this, but we're together going to be able to serve so many more people because of the infrastructure and just because of our 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 joining efforts. And so um there's the news. Um we're going to be launching very soon. You're you're the first to hear hear this. And I'm really excited for what's to come and I'm really excited to be serving Taxbot and their audience. And I'm just really excited to make some waves in this in this in this industry. And so, without further ado, check out my interview with Jake. I would love to hear from you guys. And and yeah, it's it you're gonna you're gonna truly take away a lot because I really drilled him and, and straight up asked him, okay, if you're an entrepreneur, what what are the top tax benefits that you need to be taking advantage of? And he and he answers them. And it's a it was a really really fun interview to do in person. So we are in TaxBot's headquarters, and this is a really special place for me because we've been doing a lot of video. We've been conquering the world, or at least mapping out the conqueror of world domination. And I have to say, ever since we met at Traffic and Conversion, I've just been over the top blown away by you and like your company and your story. And so my hope is that you can just kind of like take us into like your backstory, why you're so passionate about business, why you're why you're the CEO of Taxbot and what is Taxbot. More importantly, like what is like your motivation and um because I know there's a lot more than just what people see. So, so I mean my my story got started back in t- like 2008. Uh graduated in finance, was going to take over the world of investment banking, got into investment banking at the worst time possible, the you know, the crash and and everything and so deals were really, really dry, but I got a really great exposure to business. And like, I got to look at like hundreds of financial statements for different companies that were looking to sell. Got to like dive deep and interview CEOs and like really get to know them and like see what they were doing. And I realized- Yeah, were you like, did you go into school knowing that you wanted to get into like investment banking? No, I decided to go finance like my last, like at the very end, like I knew I wanted to do business. I think, I, well, I started down electrical engineering and I realized I wasn't that great at like the complicated math. I was good at dollars and cents right. math. <laughs> right. Same, same. I, I never got calculus, but I, I sure knew how to do time value of money. <laughs> yeah. And I love stats, which most people hate stats. But um, so I got into that and like, uh, like last, like everybody else was like planning for these internships and stuff. Like they were, their whole college career was to go work in New York. 
And like, I decided like the last like se- like semester that I was like, maybe I should get a job in this career, in this field. So I, I got into that business and I loved it. And like, I loved the opportunity to meet people and to talk to people. I, but I really quickly got, went from being like an analyst to a senior analyst to, Hey, I want to get on the phone and sell this thing. So I got in the marketing side. So I was writing like the pitch decks and like trying to paint the company is like make it attractive and then getting on the phones and trying to call like up strategic buyers and, and venture ca- or private equity companies and like say like, have I got a deal for you? Right. And I really love that part of it. Um, and what year did you get in? See, that would have been like 2000, maybe the end of 2007. Okay. And so what you were doing, were you, what were you guys doing? Like investing in other people's businesses by buying- so we were representing the sellers the people that wanted to sell their businesses it was sort of it was you know small to mid market smaller transactions the biggest company we were selling um had an offer for like 140 million dollars at one point but most of them were like sub 20 million dollar you know purchase prices so they weren't like huge businesses but they were big enough that like you know there were some zeros there and it made some people some some money and um but i got to do a lot of that and that's really what, like, I, I just loved that game. And I fell in love with this idea of like, holy cow, these guys are building a business. They're, they're their own boss. They're, they're trying to make a difference in the world. And at the end of the day, they're building something that they're selling. And then they're like, and then they would do it again. Yeah. And I just saw this, like, and they weren't that smart. Most of the guys I interviewed were like, I was like, really? You're the one that started this company? Like, you know, but the, the thing I learned most is like, take action. Like the people that do stuff, figure out a way to make money. The people that think about doing stuff usually don't. Yeah. It was, I came to, and I had an epiphany like last, last week actually, and just kind of like, why are billionaires billionaires? And a lot of it is just, they make things happen. Yes. They're, they have strategy. Yes. They've, they were born at the right time. And these are individuals that make things happen. And I was like, man, like that's, that's a powerful concept. And that's, you just said the same thing of just these people took action. Yeah. I remember this one guy, like, I swear, I don't know where he tested on the IQ level, but it was really low, but he had this amazing business and he was really like a sharp businessman because he just knew his business and like, he just went to work every day and did it. So from there, I realized I got a job working in marketing because they were looking for somebody who could work with actually a lot of big name speakers and promote this uh, opportunity that they needed somebody who was used to dealing with C-level executives and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm calling people all the time. So did the business just go under in 2008? So I left, like there was not that much deal flow. Like the, we had t- tons of people that wanted to sell, but not that many buyers because capital was just really tight. Right. And then 2008 happened. Okay. Okay. And so, um, so I, I like kind of looked for, was looking for an opportunity to leave. One fell in my lap. I took it and, and that's where I kind of really got into marketing and where I started like really honing my, my chops and, and trying to figure out, but I just, I loved the game. The game was where, that's where I fell in love is like the game of like trying to build something of value that somebody would pay you for. Right. And like, sometimes you made something that you thought was awesome and nobody else cared. And so it didn't work. And so then you had to figure out, okay, well, what do people really care about? And like trying to make their life easy. While I was there at that company, that's actually where I met my partners for TaxBot. They were actually, one of them was my mentor, uh, Tom Murphy. He, he was kind of the brains behind the Tom uh, Hopkins sales training organization back in the day, um, which was, you know, some of our listeners may remember that, some may not. But back in the day, that was like the largest sales training organization in the country. 
And my partner was kind of some of the brains behind that, like running the operations and stuff. Super awesome. And then we, we wrote this marketing plan on why everybody should be a freelancer or do something on the side from a tax perspective. And we brought in Sandy Botkin, who's now the other partner of TaxPot. And we did this whole like marketing promotion around like how much money, how much more money you could keep if you started a side hustle versus not starting a side hustle. Ultimately, we had like a biz op opportunity that we're kind of trying to frame up, but it worked for everything. And we, we got that ready to launch. And then that company kind of went under before we got it to launch. So the, the idea was, okay, even if you're not going to make money, start another side hustle. And then when you can, when you drive for quote unquote business, you can write that off. And when you go out to eat back in the day, when it was, you could write that off as a marketing expense. And and you, so what you're saying is you could actually be ahead, even if you didn't make money, if you had a side hustle. Correct. Now the, the goal had to still be to make money, but like a lot of people don't take that risk because they're like worried financially that they're not going to get like, oh, well, what if it takes me, you know, a year to make some money or whatever? And they don't realize that if you're starting like a side hustle, it's pretty, and you have somebody guiding you, it's pretty easy to find five to $10,000 of tax savings, even if you don't make a dime the first year, right? You need to keep, be trying to, and eventually you need to make money or else the IRS will come knocking. But that first year, it was pretty easy to free up five to 10 grand money they got back on their taxes, which more than offset the cost of them starting to do a little side hustle, Right. Or at least got the spouse involved and was like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea, honey. You should do this. When you guys started this, was that kind of a revolutionary concept? Or what you guys are doing it was putting the education on the tax, tax side? My partner had been doing some form of it. And Tom had been doing some form of it for a long time, but not necessarily um, with solutions. Like they did it more as like, a, you know, hey, you should have a side hustle. And then we came in and that's kind of where the business sprung out is, is we were teaching that and we're like, dude, we should do something for these people. Like these people, like we're teaching them a concept, but we're not actually helping them achieve what we're teaching them. So let's figure that out. And so then that's when we started putting together, we actually launched as it's, it's funny to look back in, you know, history, we launched a horrible brand name, pocketbook professor. (laughs) Yeah. That was the name of the company. And, um, it was just education. So we were teaching people. And then my partner would kept teaching people about like, hey, you need to track your expenses for the IRS. And we had this like $200 like giant paper diary. Like look, at, think like a Franklin Day, Plan- Franklin Day Planner. I would pay 200 bucks just to not have to carry it. And um, anyway, he was like trying to sell that. And I was like, no, 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 no. Smartphones are a thing now. Like this could be an app. And so we just said, let's start a company, let's develop some technology, let's try to automate the process, let's deliver education, but let's also give them an application to actually do something, put it into place. And that's really how we got started. Back in 2011 is when we initially launched TaxBot. And your your market is for entrepreneurs who are making or trying to make money and showing them not just the education on, you know, the, the hacks, the best hacks that you can save on tax, but actually giving them an app that whether you're driving, it will track your mileage. You can take photos of receipts and it can be that pocket planner Yeah, but, yep. in your pocket uh, yeah. on your smartphone. Yep. I love it. And and so early on, was it, how did you guys compete with all the big companies and how did you guys bring that to market? Because right now it's like, that's a no brainer, but coming from the idea 
and making it a reality. I mean, we're in your headquarters now. It's it's obviously been a cool journey these last couple of years. Yeah, you know, it's really funny. We had some really interesting times up front. We tried like a couple different we had a couple runs, failed runs at first. Like we found somebody who had some software and we're like, maybe we can like white label that software and change a few things or something. We got burned on that deal. And then we tried to find some guy who developed another app somewhere that was kind of close, like 70% of what we needed. And so let's try to figure that out. And that didn't work out. And so then we eventually um, said, let's just do this ourselves. Let's self-fund this. Let's start building from the ground up. At the time, there wasn't that much. Um, like, there's been there was a lot of accounting applications, right? But people didn't realize that that accounting is different than than tax compliance. Yeah. Like, if you turn in your QuickBook file to an IRS auditor, they're gonna just gonna say, "Okay, where's all the backup information for this?" Like, that's just the summary. And so we kind of built it on compliance. We we said nobody else is focusing on compliance. Let's focus on the compliance side, and let's let's go out and help people feel have the peace of mind that they're gonna stand up to an IRS audit. So that's really how we did it. But we also went out education wise, like everybody else was saying, Hey, download our app. It'll help you track your expenses. And we went out and said, Hey, come to this seminar or this webinar or this web training where we're going to show you how to save $10,000 on your taxes next year. And so that was a lot more sexy front end. Well, I would like to learn how to, who doesn't want to save 10 grand on their taxes. Right. And so you weren't, you weren't leading with the app or the tool you were leading with the the education, and then on the back end, you would obviously get the app because it's the best way to track everything that we're telling you how to, like, what to do. So I know you're not a CPA, you're not giving tax advice, but what are like, what are some of your personal favorites as it relates to saving money on taxes? If you're an entrepreneur, like everyone that's listening to this should have a business, whether you're full-time or not. Okay. So my, my biggest pet peeve is that people think that their job as a business owner is to hire a CPA. Like, the, you should hire somebody to do your taxes, which I suggest you do, but that's not your job. You're, you got to realize that your accountant has, you're sharing your accountant. If you're using a, like a CPA, you're sharing that accountant with 300 other business owners and they're doing all of their work in six weeks. Like they do not have time for you. Like they're going to do the, they're going to do the best they can with what you give them. But most business owners miss out because they don't realize that there are these tax advantages or tax strategies they can do that they have to be proactive to with. So there's a couple of cool ones that, that I suggest you go talk to your CPA about and say, Hey, I want to, I've heard about this. We should look into this. Uh, number one is a health reimbursement arrangement. This is pretty hot topic. Medical expenses are skyrocketing. And if you're self-employed and you set your business up, right, you can write off hundred percent of your medical expenses from dollar one. So average person saves like six grand on their taxes just by setting up one of these plans and almost nobody does it. It's been in the code since 1955. So almost nobody does it, but it actually started out like it has some pretty good traction out Midwest with farmers, like back where you're from. Okay. Yep. You get all the Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> Got to give it to those farmers. They were, you know, they were pretty early adopters of the, of that kind of strategy. Vehicles are a big one. Most people don't really think about like what type of vehicle they should buy from a tax perspective. They just look at like, oh, what kind of vehicle do I want to drive? Which can be awesome, but there's also like a really strong tax play there. So certain cars like trucks and vans and SUVs, certain types of SUVs can get some sweet tax deductions that could save you a ton of money. Um, and then, 
you know, from, from a tax perspective, there's also things that, uh, that like people don't realize that they're like how much mileage deductions they're leaving on the, on the table until they actually like sit down and start tracking mm-hmm. it. But man, there's, there's like 148 different strategies you can use to. And we'll actually, we'll put the link to your book that you guys wrote. It's, what is it? It's, what's the title? Seven simple ways to avoid paying taxes legally. Going through it was a good refresher for me, but the, the health savings was, was an eye opening one. And there's just, there's just some things that I think we lack because of, because we're just not intentional. And if you're just intentional, you can, that's money that you get to keep. It's like, that's money that you're currently losing, by the way. And you can keep it if you know the rules to the game. Yeah. And my, my favorite part about that is, is then if I can save somebody money on their taxes, which frees up cash, then I'm like a huge proponent of what you guys do at Better Wealth. Like, I just think that that's like, talk about the two biggest levers to building wealth is saving money on your taxes and then put it to work in the right type of vehicle. Right. right. So that's why I just love like when you and I met and we started talking, like it was like a match made in heaven. So we're, we're in San Diego we're meeting. I think we met before I was speaking. And then, and then you, I would like mentioned a little bit of what I did. And then you were like, Caleb, I'm doing this infinite banking thing too. And I'm like, the CEO of TaxBot knows about this strategy. And then hearing your story, just like about you going into the investment banking world, you saw other companies doing this. And then we, our relationship, I mean, it's, it's taken five to six months, but like, We've been here a couple times. You've come, you've came to Denver. We, I mean, you've read the book, and it's really powerful. I think what we're building. Why don't you take a step back and from an investment banker, from the CEO of TaxBot, why why is this infinite banking life insurance strategy so attractive to you? And like, how have you personally used it? And how did you discover it? To you begin know, that's with? interesting. I, I actually don't remember where I heard about it for the first for the first time, but I did see it happen. Like I noticed it more when I was in investment banking. Like I noticed that on the balance sheets of all these these companies, these successful CEOs and founders, they all had life insurance on the balance sheet. And um, and then like they had even more personally. So like when we got to, I guess like why do you have like this stuff here on the balance sheet? And they, their answer was always the same. Oh, dude, it's like cash. It's like a bank account. And I just put money in there and I use it when I need it. And I, it took me a while to wrap my head around that, you know, because just reading between the lines. Finally, I saw what they were doing. Like they were, they were building a little bit of a war chest. So when there was an opportunity, they could pounce, right? They didn't have to go to the lo- go get a loan from the bank or anything like that. Sometimes they would try to go get a loan from the bank, but if it was going to be too much of a hassle, they'd just go, so like, fine, I'll just do this myself and I'll figure out how to cash myself out later or something like that. Like they were just... They were so confident in the deals that they were doing because they knew their business that they knew when they saw an opportunity, but they didn't want to have to like cut through red tape to be able to take advantage of an opportunity. And that was the biggest eye opener for me. Fast forward a couple of years and I'm on, I own my own business now and I'm also doing some real estate investing and some, some flips and things like that. And, and I'm like, you know, my, my biggest eye opening moment was like I'm borrowing money at 18% right? To do it, to like flip a house or flip a property. Um, and I was like, 18%, that's a lot of money. And then when I looked at like how much I was paying, like I was ended up paying the guy that I was borrowing money from, like as much as I was making on the deal and he had no risk in the game. And I was like, I'm doing all the work. And then I was like, what if I could borrow my own money? Like those guys at the, the other, at the, at the banks were like, 
there has to be a play here. So I went and figured it out with my, my insurance agent eventually. Um, he was not like a huge, he had not done a lot of the infinite banking. Like he kind of knew, but didn't really know. And so we had to work through that. It was, it was kind of a, it took a while, but the awesome part of it, like I've since used it for real estate. I've used it for business. I've used it for inventory. I've used it to fund all sorts of things. Like whenever I see a, a cool business opportunity, like my first mind, my first, I've got this war chest, right. That I built up. I'm not using it for other stuff. It's kind of my, for me, it's my business war chest. Um, and I know a lot of people use it for a lot of other things, but that's kind of how I look at it. And man, it's been such an awesome, awesome tool for me. And, and I've seen other successful business owners like that know about it. And I've seen others that when I tell them about it, their eyes just like, they're like, what the heck am I doing? Why didn't anybody tell me about this? Well, what's the copy that we're writing? It's the why your retirement account is the worst place to put your And it really is like, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have to balance like, for the most part, for most of us entrepreneurs, we like really don't trust the market. Like we kind of feel like we should be investing, but like cash is king, right? We know that we need cash and to, to execute on deals or our business. We never know when we're going to need it. So we don't want to lump it into some 401k that we can't get access to it. So it's kind of like this like, panic moment at the end of the year where you're like, what should I do with my money? Should I put it into an IRA or, you know, some other investment vehicle or should I just keep it and hold on to it so I can pounce on my own opportunity? I can tell you, I've made way more money in my own deals than I've ever made in the market, right? One of the things that I'm grateful for is, so we're putting together a webinar that we did and it's, we're going to be launching sometime soon. And you came up with the phrase hostage cost. Now, let me give you a little context. I'm going to tee you up here. Is So if your money is in a, an account, i.e. a 401k, IRA, in a retirement account, there's a, there's a cost to not having control over that money. Even if you can control that money, you can't get it soon. You get hammered with penalties. You get hammered with taxes. And so there's a, I call it an opportunity cost. But I love your phrase because hosh is cost, like your money is actually locked up. What is the actual cost or damage that that's going to affect you over your lifetime if you don't have a if you can't get to your money and you have actually in a story of that and those of you listening I want you to think what is the value of not having your money locked up yeah yeah so I love the I, I was thinking how opportunity cost and I was just like you know it's it's more than an opportunity cost like opportunity cost feels kind of like passive right like oh I missed an opportunity but like I really like I so I had a deal come across my desk and you know I'm not like a I'm not like always investing in real estate. I'm not like, that's not my gig, but I do get some opportunistic stuff that comes across my desk. And I had one deal float across my desk and it needed to close fast. Like it was a sweet deal. I could, I could close. If I had some cash, I could close on it. Luckily I hadn't put my money into, you know, a 401k where I couldn't get access to it. It was in my life insurance policy. So I literally called up my agent. I think it took like a couple days, five set, five days or something like that. But that check showed up. I walked in, closed on the property um, for about 50% of market value. And then, you know, if you, if I look at that deal over the course of three years, I made 800% on my money, but I couldn't have done it if I didn't have quick access to my own money. There's no bank on the, on the planet that would have been able to close on that money. Like the way I needed it to under the terms that I wanted. Um, in, in such a tight turnaround. And, and another layer to that is 
being self-employed yeah. and getting a loan yep. is Tell a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and being young. Well, that's, and yeah. I mean, yeah, I you've done this, but like when when I bought my last house, I think I I think I mean I had to submit like tax returns for seven different businesses for three years. So that's like twenty one different tax returns. And like then like answer questions about each one of those. And it was just a nightmare to get just a simple loan. And so that's like really like I just I hate the man telling me what I can do. Right. So what what makes TaxBot so unique is you guys are an app company. You have education, but you're also like partnering with us. And one of the things that I'm number one, I'm super grateful for your guys' like belief and trust and like your willingness to collaborate. Why why number one are you doing that? And number two, this is what I think makes you guys unique in the marketplace is you're not just an app company. From the very beginning you guys were like, we are going to serve clients by bringing them in, actually giving them education, and then on the back end, giving them the right tools to be able to, you know, you know, truly, truly be able to take them to the next level. So why don't you break down, like, number one, where you guys are going, and number two, why, why are you working with us? I'm, I'm grateful, and hopefully you don't just walk out. <laughs> but, like, that, you know, I just really, I think it shares tells me a lot about who you guys are. So ever since the beginning, like it's really frustrated me, like the people that, like I didn't want to just like tell somebody, hey, you should do this and go off on your merry way. Like our in our mission statement, we talk about how, yeah, we want to automate the uh, accounting processes and make sure they stay out of compliance, but we also want to empower them with education and then lead them to the right resources. And we can't be everything to everybody, right? We can't do everything, but we can lead somebody to the right resource. And when there's something like for take the health reimbursement stuff, right? Like we don't do that, but we went and found a partner or found somebody who we felt comfortable referring to our clients, referring our clients to and said, Hey, we're going to send you our clients. Please take good care of them. We vet them and make sure that they're, it's like the, they're going to get the top level experience. Right. And so same thing when we like, this is something I've been passionate about for years and I've wanted to do something, but Hey, I didn't, I wasn't the expert, right? I knew enough to like do it myself, but I didn't know, I'm not like not a, I'm not like an insurance guy and I don't know how to do all the structuring stuff that you guys know how to do, but I know enough to smell, you know, and tell who knows what they're talking about. And, you know, you and I met and I was like, at first I was tr- truthfully, I was like, this guy's so young. He can't be like, there's no there's way, no way he knows all this stuff. How could he be <laughs> driving a car, let alone actually be helping me with money? <laughs> um, but then like, you know, we met, we started talking. I was like, geez, this guy knows a lot more than than I thought he did. And then like, I even put you in front of some of the people that I know who are like really, really smart and you were like running circles around them. And it was awesome to see, like, I love that about you. And just a testament to like your hard work as, you know, getting into this young and like really diving deep because most people will do as just the minimum level that they need to get proficient at something. And you've dove in and got like master level black belt ninja style understanding of how everything works. And so when I'm looking for a place to send my clients to, because I totally believe in this strategy, it just made total sense because you're building the way of you're building your company and the way that you treat um, your employees and that you're training your employees to give somebody the best possible experience. Like you're doing it right. So that's kind of how, how and why we're, we've kind of decided to kind of, you know, partner with you on this. Cause we really think that, it's an awesome strategy and people need to know about it and, but they need somebody who can guide them and lead them. And that's not us. That's you. Right. And from the very beginning, when I found out the strategy and actually became proficient in, in this, I'm like, man, if people knew the power of what we can do for them, 
still be in a line outside the door. That's when we made this crazy mission statement of a million people by 2025. And Jake, we're going to hit that goal and you're going to be a big like part in that in serving America and serving entrepreneurs. And so thank you for that. And yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've learned a lot about marketing, copy, running a business because you guys have you've gone before us and you're running a very successful business. And it's been, it's just been fun to see how you and Dave and how you interact with other people. And so thank you for allowing us to come alongside you in this. Well, it's, it's a mutual Mutual effort. You guys are definitely pulling your own weight, and you guys bring your own amazing skill sets to the table. We couldn't, we couldn't be happier with what's with what you guys are doing. Well, a couple questions before we wrap up. What do you think the number one mistake small business owners or entrepreneurs are making when it comes to running their business? So overall, I think like most of them are not treating it like a, a real business. Like they're they're making decisions based on you know, the next 30 days and not like looking, how can I make a legacy or how can I build this into something that's really, really, truly, truly helping people long-term. The other thing I would say is they're not like, they're not hiring or they're not doing the right things they need to do with their money. Right. So that could be they're overpaying on their taxes, which is like almost everybody. Like I, we meet people that have had CPA, the same CPA who's supposedly amazing. And when we dive into their financials, we can save them 10 grand really quick. Right, or teach them something to save them a quick 10, 15, 20,000. And you think about that, if you could save 10, 20, 30, $40,000 a year for 10 years, that's like game changing. But it's because they're like, they do the minimum level of due diligence and they just think what their job is hiring an accountant when really it's your job to know how your business runs. Like you need to know the, the, the rules of the game that you're playing by. Um, you don't necessarily have to be like the world's greatest expert. You can have experts on staff. You can have a CPA that can you can go to with things and say, hey, I want to do this or I have an idea. Let me run this by you. Same with like the insurance side, right? Come by and say like, hey, Caleb, I got this idea of how I could potentially use my life insurance, but you know, give me your thoughts. Like you need a, some, you need experts around you, but you need to be a generalist and know enough about everything in your business to know that you're like where you're dropping the ball and make sure somebody's there to catch it. And I think that's the biggest thing is they just don't hire the right professionals or they, or they compete against, or they say, who's the cheapest person I could hire or the cheapest solution. So many people are asking the wrong questions too. They're like, how do I save X when they're like missing about like, how do you make a greater profit? Which talks a little bit about your podcast that you've just launched and what's been the biggest thing that you've learned through the profit junkie and, and like you've had some amazing guests on what, what's a common theme you're, uh, in just interviewing a bunch of amazing entrepreneurs. Oh man, it's it's been awesome to to interview some of my my heroes on that. Um, you know, some of the things that stick out to me are r- the biggest one thing is like really understand your customer. Like like these guys who are successful, they're not just like in an ivory tower. Like they have people, or they themselves are getting down and like really spending time understanding the problem and understanding the customer and the pain points. And like really a lot of them spend time on the phones, like making sales calls to customers to get to know them or making, um, you know, just spending time with them rather than, you know, thinking that's beneath them. They'll take customer service phone calls and like really get to know the customer and care about them. When you know and care about them, it's really easy to serve them. But if you're kind of removed, you don't, but the, and then being creative and finding creative ways to help people. Those are the two biggest things I've learned is being creative 
to find solutions and really know Knowing your what customer. you know now, if you were 22 again, what would you, what would you be telling your 22 self yourself? I think the biggest thing I would tell myself was I would, I would say get mentors sooner. I kind of, I mean, I had some mentors, but I didn't embrace the idea of mentorship as early as I should have, or as I wanted to. I've always like read books and I think reading books and, and stuff like that is amazing. Always been a voracious reader. Um, but I would say getting mentors and, and then the second thing would be implement. I think most people learn a lot, but they never try it. Like you read a book, somebody, somebody put like their life's work into creating a book and you just read it once and you toss it to the side. Like you read that book maybe twice and then say, I'm going to try what they're teaching here and see if it works for me. And then you go out and you quickly find out like, you know, which books are going to work for you and which ones, you know, are not, which ones were maybe written as a book and which ones were written as with life lessons in them, but execute, implement, try something. hundred percent. What was your biggest roadblock and not getting mentors? Is it just a lack of knowledge? I lack of confidence. Cause I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it was just lack of knowing who, maybe even that I needed a mentor. Like maybe I was a little bit too prideful and saying like, well, I can figure this out on my own, which I could, I don't disagree with that, but it sure heck as a heck takes a lot longer to do it. Like why not just shortcut the, the system and, and get some mentors to train you in every area, like find, find areas where you're struggling or where you want to get better and hire somebody. One of the questions that I love ending this, this podcast with is what I call the legacy question. So you're with the people that you love the most, your, your kids, your wife, and it's your last day on this earth. And you have one more conversation that you can share with them. What are you passing on to the people that you love the most, your kids that you want to, you know, obviously have super happy, successful, fulfill, fulfill, like full, a life full of fulfillment. What are you, what are you going to share with them in the experiences that you learned? To be kind. And I know like, I don't get all like, don't mean to get all religious and stuff, but, but like, Live a life that you're going to be proud of when you go and meet the big guy upstairs. And if you don't believe the big guy upstairs, live like he exists anyway, right? Because you'll never regret that. Um, And then the other thing I, uh, and do that in the moment, like never, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this and everybody's guilty of this probably, but like, you know, I want to be successful. And like, sometimes I put my priorities out of whack. Like maybe I'll, work late one too many nights when really I should be home spending time with my kids and stuff. And like, that is important to keep in perspective, right? Because business is a game and it's a fun game. It's like my favorite game to play, but it's not like the most rewarding thing in my life. It's my family and, and the time and the memories. And I don't think I, I don't think people take enough time to, to, to plan memories. Like how easy is it to just go home and like have another boring night um, at home, another average night. And sometimes those are great memories too. But why not, like, why not like do something, get out, go do something, go for a walk, do something with your family and like make a memory that's going to like, that's not just like sitting in front of the TV or something like that, you know? And, and that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Well, Jake, I've had the pleasure of meeting your family and you have an adorable family. I admire your business and just who you are and, and your energy that you bring to the room and, and to your company. And so thank you for being a friend 
and I'm excited to impact a lot of people with you. And thank you so much for sharing your journey. And uh, this won't be the last time you're on the Better Wealth Podcast. So thank you, man. Dude, thanks, thanks for having me. And we'll have to have you on my podcast as well. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to my uh, exciting news, the interview with Jake. I hope you got massive value from that and make sure to check out the links below. If you have an, an Apple device and you give me a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, that truly means the world because it helps other people find our podcast. And whenever you share it um, or say a good thing about it on social media, it just, it just helps bring awareness. And I really, really appreciate you guys and, and your help in, in all of you guys are helping us get the message out and i just i wouldn't be able to to talk to jake and to speak and to be able to write if it wasn't for the people like you who are helping me make make this dream of of seeing a million people getting insured a reality so thank you for that um the other thing that i want to share with you is on thursday my episode of the behind the scenes uh, I, I shared this, it was, the audio is not perfect, but I, I would love every single person to listen to just my journey because it was just me looking back on when I first started, looking f- on the journey that I had to go through and just, just like knowing that this whole tax bot thing was coming down. And it, it was just something that I shared from the heart and I would really love for you guys to listen to that. I'm, I'm excited and a little bit nervous to, to post it. Uh, but overall, I, I'm, doing this journey to not just document the journey of that we're on, but to encourage people to live to their highest potential. So go out and have an amazing rest of your week. I can't wait to hear from you. If you go to betterwealthpodcast.com, you can reach out to us. You can send us a video email now, which if if you know who, uh, you know that I love video emails, sending them and receiving them. And so again, go out and make someone's day special. We'll see you Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.